Hello and welcome to another special presentation of In The Money Media. This is basically part two of our Del Mar Turf Festival show because we had some of the Del Mar Turf Festival last weekend, but the, this weekend's really where the rubber hits the road. And more than that, closing weekend for the Bing Crosby meet, which means on Sunday we've got a mandatory pick six payout, uh, something that uh, I will be definitely taking a little bit of a look at. It's traditional pick six now, but still, uh, the, those force outs can be very cool and worth paying attention to. Joining me to talk about Del Mar, a man who I often turn to when we talk about West Coast racing and someone I just enjoy speaking with in general, a, a former colleague, a former co-author, former betting partner, Frank Scatoni. What's up, Frank? Hey, hey. It's a little, little bittersweet that the meet is coming to an end, but uh, the good part about it is, as you mentioned, it's it's the conclusion of the Turf Festival, and we've got some really, really good races uh, to, to, to dig into this weekend, so I'm excited about it. You'll have a few weeks without looking at a past performance, I would imagine, or do you <laughs> do you keep busy looking at other things between the end of the Crosby meet and the start of the Santa Anita meet? Yeah, you know, I'll keep one eye on Los Al just to, uh, you know, make sure I'm, I've, I've got my pulse on everything that's going on heading into Santa Anita the day after Christmas. But, uh, you know, this is my time for me to look at, uh, start playing some online tournaments, look to qualify maybe for, uh, you know, the NHC, the BCBC, some live money bankroll tournaments at uh, Santa Anita, that kind of stuff. So uh, it's, it's good because it allows me to look at what's going on around around the nation as opposed to just having that tunnel vision where I'm just focused and locked in on Southern California. So uh, it's kind of like a busman's holiday, you know? I got you. I got you. It's busman's holiday on Sunday. He goes for a drive. For those that don't know that, excellent old expression. Um, you mentioned about the work you do for Del Mar. Where can folks find that? Um, well, you can go to uh, frankscatoni.com and, and keep abreast of everything that I'm doing at the various racetracks and various media outlets. Uh, but, um, you know, dmtc.com for my horse-by-horse uh, -horse analysis of the feature races for Del Mar. And then, you know, when it comes time for Santa Anita and I look at the pick four, you can go to their website and find me under the handicapping pages as well. Excellent. Let's dive into some of these races. We'll start with one that I'm not sure if is officially part of the turf festival or not, but it's a stakes race. It's on the turf. Why not talk about it? It's named for Stormy Liberal. We're going five furlongs on the turf with this field of eight. You have uh, much of a strong opinion in here? Well, yeah, you know, this is uh, one of those <laughs> strange situations where you have a turf sprint where there isn't a lot of speed. Uh, mm -hmm. And these, these are quality horses. Uh, Obviously, the horse to beat is number two, Lane Way. I know the connections were very disappointed when this horse didn't get into the Breeders' Cup turf sprint. Uh, I think they felt they had a pretty big shot. And, you know, the horse is a pretty big shot today. But I am going to look elsewhere for the simple reason that this horse has always wanted a little extra ground. Five furlongs has just been too short for this horse. Uh, if you look at the record, 0 for 3 with two seconds. Uh, and to me, when the horse is going to be that short, uh, you know, it's a my race horse. So a lot of money is going to come in in the wind, in the wind pool. So I, I think you got to kind of take this horse on. Uh, I'm not saying I'm not going to use the horse as a B in my, you know, early pick five. But, you know, I, I thought I thought D'Amato had this race surrounded. He's got three horses in here, all with differing run styles. He's got number one on Conquerable Keen, drew the rail, has speed has the best jock out here in Pratt, uh, you know, who's been riding uh, here selectively this uh, for the fall meet. Uh, I can see him either making the lead and not looking back, or if 
uh, someone else decides to go on a, a you know crazy mi- kamikaze mission, he can just kind of suck back, save ground, and uh, you know stalk a, what should be a slow pace for these types of horses. So I had number one on Conquerable Keen, my top pick. Uh, if it's not him, then you have number three, turn on the Jets for D'Amato, who can stalk the pace, be right up there, you know, right off his stablemate's uh, flank, ready to pounce when the real running starts. And then if the race absolutely falls apart and let's say Lane Way, uh, you know, gets forced to, to, to press that pace and speed things up a little bit, you have number, tw- uh, uh, you have uh, Honey Pants, the third D'Amato, number four, who she likes to come uh, from off the pace. I know it's a a filly against the boys, but you know, she's, she's quality and you know, she's the closer in the field. So I was going to use those three uh, as A's on my early pick five, looking to beat lane way. And, you know, if unconquerable keen is four to one, I think that's a pretty good win bet in this field. Yeah. That's not a crazy notion at all. It has to go down there at the rail. I mean, lane way, understanding everything you say about the race lane way ridden the right way should be able to win here. I, I, I mean, honestly, I'd send, and maybe just sit off on Conquerable Keen or just take the lead. But I'm worried in the in the like slightly more patient hands of Mike Smith with yes. Mandela calling the shots that that won't be the case. And and I think in that case, you could easily get stuck in a situation where it ends up being too sharp. But boy, it, it's it's a it's a tricky one. I definitely respect your decision to take on Laneway. It's one of those if I just knew what the instructions were, I'd have a much more um, confident opinion. What is your best guess about what Mike Smith will do there? I, I mean, Mike Smith rarely sends. So um, he's, this horse has never been on the lead. So I expect him to ride the horse the same way he always rides the horse. Hey, I'm on the best horse in the race. I'm not really worried about, you know, the other horses. I'm going to ride my horse the way the horse likes to be ridden. And, you know, I'm, I'm the classiest horse in the, in the field. And I'm going to win regardless. Right. That's what I think. I mean, I've never seen Mike Smith really do something, uh, you know, completely uh, you know, out of the ordinary for the way a horse likes to run. You know, he's typically very patient. And, you know, while this horse has been tactical, you know, at six and a half, if you look at those five furlong races, I mean, the horse is way off the pace. So yeah. uh, that's what I'm counting on. Maybe I'm completely wrong. And Lane Way just, like you said, stalks the pace and draws off and wins by, you know, three lengths in a turf sprint. But uh, I, I think at the prices and the, you know, the, the lack of speed in the race and this horse's 0 for 3 record at the distance, I think you got to take him on in some way. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I, I was just looking at a pace map and thinking it would be a good opportunity to get aggressive. But another reason that might not happen is this is just a listed stake. And, you know, maybe they're, they're, they're already just not, not going to take a horse out of its comfort zone to win a listed stake when there's graded targets down the line that might play more to the horse's natural running style. Right. Especially down the hill. Uh, and you know, uh, at Santa Anita and Santa Anita has all these, uh, various turf sprint distances now. So they run six and a half on the main turf course as well. So I think there are some opportunities for this horse down the road. Uh, but, you know, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if this horse won so easily. And I said, Oh, I, you know, I was too clever by a half. (laughs) No harm in that. Sometimes you got to, you know, make those decisions and sometimes you get sand kicked in your face. The Turf (laughs) Festival continues in earnest with race number five, the grade three, Jimmy Durante for these two-year-old fillies. We're going one mile. Who do you like in here, Frank? Yeah, you know, there were some X factors in here. So I wanted to try and be a little, a little clever. Uh, unfortunately, I, I, I'm a little obvious in here. You know, you've got two European imports. You've got three horses trained by D'Amato, including one of those imports. And then you have three East Coast invaders. 
And, you know, like we've always talked about, Pete, and this is, you know, this is no surprise to anyone who's picked up a racing form, you know, Euros and East Coast runners on the turf when they come out here, they have a strong advantage over our West Coast runners, even if they have mediocre form. Uh, that form is just, uh, you know, flattered coming out here. No knock to our turf horses out here, but they're just, they're not the same quality. Um, you know, so when you have horses knocking heads back East, even if the form doesn't look so great, you have to give those horses extra credit. Um, my top pick in here is, is go with number nine, go with Gusto. Uh, she was favored in the Qatar mile on Breeders' Cup weekends against the boys. Uh, she only managed second. I thought she had a little bit of a tough journey. Uh, didn't cost her the win. There was no way she was going to beat Lord Bullingdon that day. And we'll, we'll talk about him. Uh, you know, he's running in the, the, the stakes on Sunday uh, in the boys' version of this event. Uh, but, uh, you know, I just, I, I, I like this horse. She, so, she showed real heart to get second. Uh, she was a little intimidated, stuck on the inside through the lane, a little hesitant to go through, but she finally did, and she outgamed. Uh, you know, uh, there's another horse in here who also comes out of there, Mo Fox Given, outgamed that horse uh, for second place. So I, I just think, you know, this is the first time she's racing against uh, her own sex. So I expect her to run really well today. But the thing I like most about her, so if you go back and watch her summer uh, stakes race at Woodbine, that's a grade one. Again, she was facing the boys. Uh, she had a horrific trip. Shuffled along the back stretch, was second last. Then she uncorked a move wide around the turn. Uh, she's more of a grinder than a quickener, but I, I think that will favor her over this Del Mar turf course. And I just love the way she galloped out in that race. So it's no surprise to me that she went off favored against the boys in the Qatar mile. Um, and again, like I said, you know, no shame losing to Lord Bullingdon. That horse ran a monster race that day. So I was going to use number nine, go with Gusto as my top pick. Of course, you have to consider Chad Brown, um, you know, number eight, Lady DeBerry. Pratt had options in here. He stays with this one. Uh, he rode her to victory last time in a maiden special way to Keeneland. You know, it's always tough uh, to face stakes horses in your first try versus winners. But, you know, if Chad Brown chose this spot and thinks she's good enough, who am I to argue? I had those two horses as A's. And then I thought the sneaky horse in here was number six, Mo Fox Given. Uh, you know, she had solid East Coast form. She went off at 9-2 to two in the Qatar Mile, again, against the boys. It was her first SoCal start. Uh, it was Breeders' Cup weekend. Stalked a very fast pace, and, you know, we like this uh, angle. We've talked about this many times, when a horse moves a little too early into a hot pace. And I think that's what happened with this horse. It was one of those very rare times when Pratt actually misjudged the pace. I think he got a little an antsy. Uh, she looked very good in the lane, but she, you know, she got tired and, and two other horses ended up beating her. But um, I, I think she could really build off that performance. I like that, you know, I don't mind that Pratt uh, goes to, sticks with the Chad Brown horse because you get Berrios. Berrios rides this turf course very well. He's very patient. I don't think he'll, uh, you know, make the mistake from a pace standpoint that Pratt made last time. And uh, I thought that horse was a little sneaky at six to one. So I, I was thinking about keying that horse on, uh, you know, underneath. Uh, my two A's in exactas uh, to play it that way. And then I have the A's for the pick five and then Mo Fox given as a B for, uh, for the pick five as well. Nine, eight, and six. I think it's worth talking about Antifona for a minute, this French bread that comes here off this, uh, 
it's got some unusual looking form. But the best bits of it, particularly the Deauville August run, that's good enough to hit the board in here, I think. And I wouldn't be at all concerned about a French horse who's competing at six and seven, getting a two-turn tight mile, especially if this horse is going to be anywhere near the 12 to one of the morning line. Did you have a specific knock on this one? Um, no, I mean, I think the form is, is solid. Uh, we've talked about this on the show before. I'm a little hesitant to back uh, European imports trained by John Sadler. He hasn't yeah. quite seemed to have figured it out just yet. He's had a couple of horses who ran well off the boat, but he's not gotten that win. He's not the motto in that regard. Exactly. I mean, I'd be more interested in the one horse, uh, Ms. Brightside, for D'Amato. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how good that fairy house race was, but um, you know, D'Amato takes these European imports and does really well with them. Uh, you know, from a form perspective, I, I don't mind Antifona. It's more of a trainer thing. So yeah, that, that was my you. knock on that one. Yeah, I was just surprised. I, I got attracted seeing the uh, seeing how big the the morning line was, but maybe that's uh, maybe that's part of it. I'm trying to dig on formulator and see if I can find you the first time North America number over the last five years. The one that just shows up in the form there though, not great uh, over, over the last 12. So that's to your, uh, to your point well, for sure. It's also because he's only recently been getting horses like this. You know, it's only been like in the last three years where Ronis has, uh, you know, uh, gone after some European horses and brought them over here. Look, Sadler's a smart trainer. He's a very good trainer. He's going to figure it out one of these days and today might be the day and I might get burned, but until he does, I'm tempted to, uh, you know, tempted to ride that Ofer streak and, and look to take on, you know, look to take some other horses over him. Yeah. I don't have uh, I don't have any, any issue with that. Looks like if I have this, if I pulled the right filter here, two for 32, last five years. I mean, this for a trainer, the, you know, 6% for a trainer that probably has what a 15, 17%. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually shocked. There's two winners. I would have thought it was over really. So it might be that I hit the wrong filter there too, but anyway, we'll see. That's one that I'm going to be messing with. I wouldn't be surprised to, to see a big run from either the, the one or the two there, but I definitely take your points about, uh, about your selections in there, which are mainly going to be the nine and the eight with the six mixed in a bit. One more race to talk about on Saturday, and it's a grade one, the Hollywood Derby for these three-year-olds, a mile and an eighth on the turf. And we've got more East Coast participation, including some of the, some horses that were, would have been probably early in the year considered to be very likely to be the best North American uh, three-year-olds. North American in, in quotes a little bit with Silver Knot, but I mean Silver Knot. You got um, you've got a horse like Webslinger that won has won some big big stakes throughout the year in, in this division, and then uh, Program Trading, who was impressive in the Saratoga Derby and probably unlucky to lose to a very good integration in the uh, in the Virginia Derby. So who's it going to be? Who's your idea? Yeah, I, of I thought this was such a cool race. Um, you know, I, I uh, would suggest everyone who's, you know, playing this race to go back and watch the Twilight Derby. I think six six of, six or seven horses come out of that race. Um, I know who I like the most out of the, that race. I'll talk about that horse in a second. Uh, but the horse I like the best, uh, I'm sure to no one's surprise, is a horse who skipped that grade two and was pointed to a grade one by a trainer who is very dangerous when he does stuff like that and has a target. And that's Chad Brown. Um, you know, he, when he brings his horses out here to Southern California, 
they typically uh, run really well and, and go home with the money. So I thought number eight program trading was absolutely the one to beat. Uh, shows up here after a brief freshening, uh, while most of the horses, as I mentioned, were, were knocking heads in a, a very competitive Twilight Derby. That was a that was a hard race. I mean, every horse coming out of that race really tried hard and, and ran, uh, and it was a very exciting race. Um, like I said, I think Brown probably targeted this race. So why why win a Grade Two when I can win a Grade One? Uh, you know, a month later. So I, the horse is tactical. You know, Pratt can put this horse wherever wherever he wants, depending on the early pace. Uh, so I, I thought that horse was going to be very, very tough. Of the Twilight Derby runners, um, I'll give the edge to number five, Web Slinger. You know, what you see is what you get here. You have a horse who likes to do his running from off the pace, and uh, you know he will be finishing. He's been, you know, a little unlucky because of that running style, but I thought he was absolutely the best horse in the Twilight Derby. Um, he launched this monster middle move around the turn, uh, while wide, you know, he's widest in the stretch and he still running on furiously late to just miss, uh, you know, the horse came home in 11 and one. And that's, you know, that's real racehorse time. It's a million dollar winner. He always shows up. You know, I, I think that, you know, even though the Santa Anita turf course was very fair that day, uh, typically it, it's more kind to speed. Uh, whereas the Del Mar uh, turf course is opposite, especially with the rails down like today. So I think Web Slinger is going to absolutely adore uh, Del Mar. And uh, I expect that horse to run a big race. But, you know, I'm not giving you anything clever here. I'm giving you first and second choices. And, you know, then, you know, the third horse I'd look at is the other Chad Brown, number seven, redistricting. Uh, obviously not as flashy as the stable mate, but, you know, he did what he was supposed to do against allowance foes last time. Uh, he was two to five in a field of 10, won the race like he was supposed to. He was coming off a freshening after, you know, a, a little bit of a, you know, maybe he was a little overmatched, a little bit of a trouble trip in the grade one Belmont Derby. But the fact that Chad Brown uh, ran this horse after, you know, in his second start in a grade one tells me that he thinks this horse, you know, is quality. And I, I don't think he would bring this horse out here if he didn't think uh, this horse could compete. But you know, obviously I like this horse less than, less than the stable mate, but I still give him a pretty big shot. Eight, five, and seven to close things out on Saturday at the Del Mar Turf Festival, which brings us to the action on Sunday, when I'm very happy to say I will be in the house. Uh, nice. Travel hassles, but hopefully uh, those can be avoided and I'll, and I'll be there well in time. Um, let's talk about race number five in the first order, the Cecil B. DeMille grade three action going a mile on a turf. Who do you like in here? Yeah, this is the brother version of the event on Saturday that we just talked about, the Jimmy Durante. Um, you know, I no offense to the runners in this field, but I didn't think it was a particularly strong uh, renewal of this event. So, you know, maybe something weird can happen. You know, we've got some X factors in here. You've got Rothschild, who's, you know, been running on dirt, but, you know, exiting grade ones, trying turf for the first time. You have a bunch of stretch out sprinters, who are routing for the first time, uh, you know, I'm, I'm against them, uh, you know, but you know, maybe one of them can step up because we don't really know what they could do because they don't have any form, uh, you know, going two turns on the turf. Uh, but, you know, in, in no particular, you know, in numerical order, because I don't think there's really much separating these horses. I had number four, Lord Bullingdon, who, you know, was visually impressive winning the Qatar mile, 
but as good as it looked visually, you know, he was flattered by a very fast pace. And as I mentioned before, the two horses who ran right behind him, uh, you know, second, second and third were both fillies. So this is obviously a little bit of a tougher group. Um, you know, keep an eye on how those uh, horses run in the Jimmy yeah. Durante on Saturday. You know, if they both fire big and, um, you know, look impressive, then I think that, you know, really Frank's Lord Belingdon's form. Um, so he's one. I think you have to look at number seven, Deadpan. I know he enters this just off a maiden win, but, you know, Mark Cassie's no dummy. If, if he thinks enough of this horse to put this horse right into a stakes race and he gets Pratt to ride, I think there's probably some quality here. And then, you know, number nine, stay hot for the local team. Uh, solid finishing ability. Erton thought enough of this horse to try him in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf. He was overmatched at 17 to one. He kind of ran half a race, but, you know, realistically, I, you know, he had no chance in that race. He was never going to win. This is a much better spot for him. Um, you know, assuming he that race didn't take too much out of him, I can see this one coming on really strongly late. Uh, so those three in no particular order, but, uh, you know, I'm going to let the board kind of decide, uh, if I want to get involved in this race from a gimmick standpoint. Um, but like I said, you know, we're dealing with some X factors here. So, you know, who the heck knows something crazy might happen. I wish I could make a case for one of these others. Um, you know, but I just, I, I think, I think the three with turf route form are, are the ones. Yeah, I get it. And I'm against similar ones to you and sort of the same lukewarmish, but 479 makes uh makes plenty of sense and I would definitely take a close look at that uh at the 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 Durante and what happens with go with gusto and mofox given because that could be a much needed form boost potentially for, yeah. for Lord Bullingdon in there. We have one more race and we're back to the grade one level, the matriarch, the last race I'll be watching on the day as I zip out to get my uh, seaside table at the, at the PCG <laughs> to watch the sunset and feel my blood pressure uh, lower uh, many, many points. I think I'll, I'll put, I'll put a sunset photo as the featured image in the blog post. I'll put a Delmar sunset photo. If I can find one that crops decently. Um, anyway, the matriarch is here. We've got a big full field. Uh, who's going to win. I mean, what a what a race! I'm so excited to see this race. You know, Chad Brown emptied the barn. He sent four horses out here. Uh, Damato has three. Um, you know, Bill Mott. Uh, you know, shipped 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 a horse out here. It's just, it's so exciting. Uh, again, I wanted to find something really sneaky. Uh, you know, to to give you guys, but you know, no surprise. I like two Chad Brown horses in here. Uh, number five, White Beam, looks like the one to me. She's done nothing wrong since coming to the United States. You know, I'm not too fussed about her fourth place finish in the First Lady at Keeneland last time. You know, she was coming off a layoff. She just kind of ran around the course. You know, it, it wasn't a, it wasn't a good looking race, but she was stalking a fast pace. She she really didn't find anything. So you know that bothers me a little bit, but. Uh, and, you know, the other thing I always say is you usually don't prep in a grade one, but I, I, I really believe that was a, a grade one prep for a grade grade one because uh, Chad Brown had the stable made in there in Italian who was supposed to win that race. Uh, she got she got pipped at the, you know, at the wire uh, because By she went a What? By another stable mate. Oh, right. Uh, Gina Romantica. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and the thing about that race is I agree with everything you're saying about how it looked, but it came back fast. And that to me is probably, you know, between I, I, when, when races come back with a fast pace and a fast final, 
yeah. you can excuse a race like what White Bean did. We, and you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what that's what I was saying, and I and I really I really do believe, uh, you know, she was a short horse that day. She wasn't in it to win it. Uh, I, I think this is the race that he had in mind all along for her, and uh, she looks like the one to beat. Uh, to me, you know, I'll look at number three surge capacity. You know, she's never faced a field like this before. Uh, you know, she's a three-year-old, but, you know, she has ability in class and it wouldn't shock me if she showed up with a monster effort. Uh, you know, she's been facing uh, her own kind in stakes races. But, you know, she's got to step up and face some really tough older horses. Um, I, again, I thought that was probably a prep for her last time and she won anyway and she won easy. So, uh, you know, you play the little maturity grow up angle this late in the year uh, when you have these three year olds who have shown class. Um, you know, I, I think she could step up and run a really, really big race. Those are the two that I'm going to use. Absolutely. But heavy lean toward number five, White Beam. I, I really think it's it's her race to lose. Five and three to uh, try to get the money in the matriarch. Very much looking forward to heading out there and getting to uh, to see you this weekend. Any other uh, closing thoughts, notes on the meet? Anything along those lines before we send this one home? No, it's just you know, it's I, I enjoy the fall meet so much at Del Mar. It's it's got a completely different vibe. It's super low key. Um, you know, it's all about the racing, and you know, it's just. Uh, especially the turf racings and a lot of two-year-old racing. So, uh, you know, pay attention to a lot of these horses going forward. Uh, once the calendar year turns and these horses all, all become a, a year older, uh, you know, there's some, some quality here. And, uh, you know, as much as I'm looking forward to a nice little break, uh, you know, the month of December before Santa Anita starts up on December 26th, you know, I'm going to be bummed after a couple of days. I'm going to be jonesing, you know, oh, man, I wish Del Mar was still running. So, um, you know, but that's that's the way the racing calendar falls. I know. It's amazing how little of a break there really is. Right. <laughs> Frank, thank you so much. Appreciate your efforts this week and last. Looking forward to having you back in the fold as the Santa Anita meet gets started in a couple of weeks. Uh, enjoy your holidays. Get ready to raise a glass uh, with me on Sunday night. And uh, thanks again to our friends and partners at Del Mar as well, especially Erin Bailey and the great work she did in putting this partnership together. Looking forward to working with her in the future as well. Who else to thank? Why not? We'll thank our founding partners too. We always like to do that. Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation and 10 Strike Racing. Most of all, though, want to thank all of you, the listeners and the viewers for making these shows so much fun to do. There's so much stuff on the network right now, wherever you're playing this weekend, Saturday or Sunday, we've got content for you. Check it out on our YouTube channel. Subscribe over there. You're probably already subscribed wherever you get your podcast, but if not, what are you waiting for? And if you're worried about things falling through the cracks, sign up for our free email in the slash email. Probably the best way to keep abreast of everything we have going on here at the network, including our new sports betting show that JK is uh, launching this weekend. This show has been a production of in the money media. I'm Peter Thomas Fornital. May you win all your photos. <laughs>